VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Spooko Didn't Watch. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies. I'm Peach, and I'm much too scared to watch scary movies. They make me feel bad. I'm Shag, and I've been telling Peach about scary movies for a little while now on this podcast to the point where I'm currently being haunted. Mm, (gasps) That is not good. (laughs) We're on a crossover episode, and it's sort of an unfortunate crossover event that's happened to Shag, that he's been speaking about ghosts for so long that finally, um, host, open parentheses, 2020 style, he mocked the ghosts, and then the ghosts came into his life. So it's disappointing stuff for him. He is in a dark, spooky room right now, too. That doesn't help. Like, and it's so dumb, right? Because obviously, like, this is a podcast we do. It's about scaring people. It's about blurring the lines, all of that stuff. But can I tell you what actually happened and why I think I'm legitimately being haunted? Yeah. I think I demand it. <laughs> so, 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 so. I live in a house with an attic. Uh-oh. Why? I know, right? Well, no, it's actually really, it's really handy. There's so much storage. You can fit so true, much true, stuff true. in. It's great. You just, like, it's like we have nothing in our house because everything's in the attic. It's a giant magician's trick. Okay, you sold me. <laughs> I got to get myself an attic. <laughs> I'm on board. I love Sammy that you're an attic skeptic. You're like, mm, I don't know about these attics. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like I've only heard bad things about attics. Yeah, there's reasons to, yeah, be suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> so Halloween in Australia... When, when Peach and I were growing up, wasn't really a thing, but slowly become more and more commonplace. And because I've got a kid now and for kids, it's like all kids celebrate Halloween. It's like, okay, well, we have to have Halloween decorations and things ready to go. So in the same way Mm -hmm. that we have like our Christmas decorations in the attic, we also have Halloween decorations in the attic. Anyway, a couple of months ago and, this is true. I documented this in our, in a story. So I have video footage of this. I woke up like really late, like maybe it was like three or four in the morning. Um, so I really late at night, early in the morning. I, I woke up at a time when I should be asleep to this like music. And I wasn't like, I wasn't sure what it was at first. I thought, you know, maybe like there's a share house that lives next door or maybe we'd left something on or, you know, things happen, right? But it was this kind of like creepy music that was like <laughs> do 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 yeah do. yeah lullaby yeah. like a music <laughs> box <laughs> but, but with a every now and then a oh ho 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 mm, going okay, next okay. this to is it. sounding halloween decoration yeah right and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so as i'm like just coming to and trying to work out what is going on i'm like i think that's our halloween decoration so yeah yeah i i get up 
and I go to like the sort of where the hole in the what are the I don't know what they call the hole in the roof that leads to the attic, but I go to the hole in the roof and a portal. Let's call it a portal. Okay, yeah, it's a portal. Yep, yep. yep. So mm. I go to the portal and <laughs> I pull, I open it and pull the the ladder down, and it's really loud. And I'm like, okay, hang on. And I go up the stairs and. I look through everything and I find the Halloween box, right? And it's just completely closed and it's out of the way. It's not near anything that we would touch. It's not near anything. And as I'm un, as I'm taking out things, I'm taking out like, you know, wrapping paper and I'm taking out like old bats and I'm taking out that crappy old spiderweb that doesn't look like spiderweb. Uh, I'm seeing more and more like this like glowing light. And as I get to the bottom, I notice that this old skeleton we have that makes this spooky sound that goes, oh, ho, 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 has just turned itself on. Now, what's mm-hmm. weird about this, it's not like a push button, it's like a slide button, which right. is not something you can just like turn on. It's not something that like, you know, a, a, like... A, it didn't get like knocked against something and push it on, yeah. But even if it did just get knocked, like still that's scary. What's knocking it? Well, exactly, what's right? knocking it. Exactly. So it turns itself on and so I go up and I turn it off and I'm like, that's fucking weird. That's really scary. But then after that, a couple of months later, we go back up into the attic and we notice the light's on. And I'm like, we always turn the light off. And it's like, even with Adele, I'm always like, <laughs> we're you turn off, the light off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always turn <laughs> <laughs> them off. <laughs> but it's like, you can't, you kind of can't leave the thing without turning it off. You can't, you can't just leave. Like, it, it's like, it's completely bright or it's completely black. You can't leave the attic without turning it off. Uh, and so two separate occasions afterwards in the months that's followed, the light has just been inexplicably on, even though we like recorded ourselves turning the light off. Now, like I, I, I need to implore, this is not a bit. Like there's probably a 99% chance we're not being haunted, but it really feels like we're being haunted right now. Yeah, it's not 100, not 100% not happening. You want it to be 100%. <laughs> and if it's not, we don't like that. Ghost, ghost, ghost stories aren't about the past, though, as we previously learned. They're about the present. They're about the things that we carry with us, the guilt and the regret mm-hmm. and the fear we carry with us. So, Shag, this is really a story of introspection, I feel. And I was just like... It's a metaphor. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's really about dementia, Shag. That's all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shag, are we in therapy? Yes. I think it's <laughs> time for therapy. <laughs> um, Talk about our feelings. Mm. Oh, I'm down. Speaking of, what's going on with you guys? Yeah, yeah for any for any listeners who uh, don't know what's happening right now, <laughs> who'd like why these two <laughs> things are coming. That's a great coming together. Yeah, great point. Uh, Spooko and Too Scary Didn't Watch are kind of you know. Similar podcasts, and this is what like our fourth time doing an episode together. You guys are correspondents, as we would say. Yes, and yes. we've been doing it about the same amount of time. I saw you guys are getting close to your two hundredth episode, right? Yeah, yeah, two hundreds around the corner, and I'm always down to credit Joel for the line of correspondent, which I think is just yeah, a that was treat. So I'm yep. very, very down to accept that. That was Joel. Credit um, to Joel. We're, like if we're sibling podcasts, sibling scaredy cat podcasts, uh, a lot of people have favorite siblings or favorite children. Um, I don't among the golden children, but uh, <laughs> look, it's not really a comparison that Spooko really wants to raise because Too Scary didn't watch is right up there among my very Stop favorite it. pods. So we love. 
you guys so much and we're oh. always delighted to be here. My Too Scary Didn't Watch or Too Spooko Didn't Watch update is yep. um, I sort of have a second career. I'm not just a scaredy cat uh, horror film podcaster. I, I practice law <laughs> and I have to wear a tie. On the side. On the side, on the side. Just, <laughs> yeah. I just do a little bit of law yeah. from time to time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I like to wear a tie. And since we last spoke, I've evolved from uh, legal, uh, as Shags described it, legal TikTok influencer to uh, essentially tie uh, advocate. Ooh. And the best ties I've got on my tie rack are M. Gonzalez joints. I get <gasps> asked about them all oh the time. Oh, my God. I've gotten to make... Some ties. And um, it's a great gift you've given. One, a podcast, and two, a tie collection. And we're going to have to exchange some DMs and uh, make sure we keep the I keep the tie praise rolling. I'm like, no, a friend made them for me. So, mm, like, what do you want? So far, this, my ties have, uh, anything I've made has traveled. So it's a real honor. They're all the way across the world. The honor's mine. The honor's mine. Happy to take it. It's a real treat. When you said started the story with tie wearing, I was like, he strangled himself with a tie accidentally. <laughs> My mind was in a dark place because of the haunting. I was like, well, he had a near death experience with a tie. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> so thank God. Yeah, I could, it could have gone way worse. <laughs> I, I need an update from you because I'm only seconds into your Silent Hill episode. I'm just on the edge of a smoothie update. I understand you're living that smoothie lifestyle. Most of the feel, ble- feel, living the smoothie feel lifestyle. bad club will be up to date with Too Scary Didn't Watch. But if I could just press you for an immediate in the flesh or in the Zoom flesh update, how did the Hayley Bieber smoothie end up? Hayley Bieber smoothie was very good. <laughs> it was a very good smoothie. Um, especially now that I, so today I got a smoothie as well. Um, I was, yeah, I was mentioning before we, before we started the record here that I'm, I'm on a smoothie kick, uh, yes. getting that Haley Bieber smoothie really like opened the door for me of <laughs> smoothies as an option. Yeah. It was my gateway smoothie and there's a smoothie place, which I have talked about that I really, really love. And I, so I was comparing the Haley Bieber smoothie against those smoothies. That place is called punch bowl. It's great. I kind of like Punchbowl a little bit more, a little less sweet, a little more bang for your buck. But I was like, okay, I I was nearby another smoothie place today. It's sort of all health foods, but they have smoothies. And I was like, I told Joel I was going to pick us up smoothies from there so we could really start comparing and cataloging our smoothie preferences. And I did not like the smoothie. It was not. I didn't even finish it. I didn't even finish the smoothie and the flavors were good, but it was, it was like, it was so chewy and thick and like not a smoothie. It just was like, not it. it, The the texture was so unpleasant. I was really disappointed. Like melted soft serve ice cream or something. Yeah. But like, but with the, the, the chunky in like they like okay so I I should have known the smoothie is listed as having granola in it but it's like I'm thinking okay but I'm thinking if you're like a place that does that in your smoothies you must know what you're doing you must (laughs) you must blend it in a way that you're like well Mm. I know it sounds crazy but we do it it's on our menu you know this wasn't just a spur of the moment idea it's literally called a smoothie (laughs) like it's literally it's in the name it's in the name it's in the name (laughs) it's I just I'm I know so it's like yes sure shame on me I should have but I'm also like you told me that you could do this but you can't Mm. so Uh. that was a disappointing 
smoothie, but I, I, you know, I won't be stopped. Smoothie summer continues and I will, I will continue to find great smoothies. We take great inspiration, great inspiration from it, Em, and, 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 we're eternally grateful. It's my pleasure. Uh, and, and, and then one final bit of admin um, that we're kind of, you know, that, that I think is echoing through us as a kind of scaredy cat podcast. Um, Shag and I and members of the Feel Bad Club, which is what, what we tend to call people who are paying attention to Spooko episodes, mm-hmm. we've got a sort of dichotomy going. And and my fundamental question that I think I'm getting to with this podcast, it's only taken four years, is – uh, feeling bad feels bad and I'd probably prefer to feel good. Mm. And I was just wondering. I disagree. No. Yeah. yeah I was going to say. <laughs> feeling bad feels good. Sammy loves to feel bad. <laughs> feeling bad feels good. It's what I'm looking for in a horror movie or a drama or it's why I don't really watch a lot of comedy movies or romantic films because feeling good is boring and I like to feel bad. <laughs> Feeling good's boring. Feeling bad that's is it. good. Shag, what do that, you reckon? That's it. That's it. I mean, I, I realize the closest experience that I can think of for feeling bad feels good is cringe comedy. Mm. Oh, sure. And I can't, like, I can't watch cringe comedy. I'm the, I'm the person who has his the hands over my ears, eyes closed, saying la 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 la. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I can't delve into that. But I know people love that, and I think it's probably a similar experience for people who love to feel bad due to disturbing and horrific content. Yeah, that's interesting. Like a Nathan for you thing is what I'm, my brain is going to. And I used to really struggle with Nathan for you, and now I like it. And I wonder if that is because of how much. I've watched horror and gotten used to feeling bad and uncomfortable. That's interesting. I had not. That is interesting. I had not thought of that. Have you guys done Creep? Oh, no. No, I don't think I've ever seen Creep. Creep is a combination of both. I think uh, we described it as a Nathan for you horror movie where it's cringe oh comedy, God. cringe yeah. comedy oh horror. God. Oh God! <laughs> Highly recommend just to test this yeah, theory. Yeah, loved it. I loved it. It's. Uh, feel bad club for sure. But feeling good feels really good, I guess, is my I think so too. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. Em, I'm pleased to hear you and I are of, are of one Yeah, mind. I like to feel good. <laughs> I do. I think both can feel I good. I really do. I think feeling good can feel good. <laughs> and that's true. That's true. It's not that feeling good doesn't feel good. It's just that you feeling bad no. also feels good. Well, yeah, you can have, but yeah, no, whatever it is, porque no nos dos or exactly. whatever. It's like you can do both. Exactly. Yeah, and maybe that just means that you guys feel good way more often than, mm. than mm. me and Peach feel good because like feeling bad also feels good, you know? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the, the opposite. Maybe you've achieved some sort of like personal uh, zen that I have, you know, we have yet to get to. This is very much Hellraiser, like how it's kind of like, oh, we think stuff that feels good. You're going to have to suffer through stuff we think's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we love this. We think good. (laughs) This is perfect for us. Well, and I am to understand that this is going to be quite a feel bad uh, movie, I believe. That's right. All right. Well, look, this. This is two Spooko didn't watch. You know, we have two M's slash two Peaches and two Sammy's slash two Shags uh-huh. uh, to discuss a film. Henley's, Henley's here as well, but I think she's got a, she's lost her voice. So she's also on the call. <laughs> Don't worry. Just she's quietly, here <laughs> quietly watching and listening. Yeah. 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 So basically we, we, we wanted to uh, get back together today because I think this film combines Two things that we love at Spooko, which is 
A24, but also shouting out Australian content. Yep. And I think this is the first ever Australian A24, not only A24 horror film, I think this might be the first A24 Australian film. Yeah. And do you, uh, Sammy, do you know much about this? Do you know much about the, where this film came from? I don't know if it's the only A24 Australian film, but I know that uh, the directors, wait, have we said what it is? This film is called Talk, oh, yeah. Talk to Me. <laughs> we should mention it's should mention. Uh, in theaters right now, and it's directed by Danny and Michael Filippo, written by Danny Filippo and Bill Hinsman, starring Sophie Wilde, Alexandra Jensen, Joe Bird, and Miranda Otto. And so, all I know about it is that this is their debut feature, and they were um, YouTubers. Their channel is called Raka Raka. Were you guys familiar with that? I mean, not not really. I, I think it ran between 2014 and 2016. That's which is a weird time to be on YouTube, really. Sure, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I was not familiar with them either, but yeah. um, they basically have been making YouTube videos for like ever. So they're they're really talented when it comes to you know low budget stuff and keeping thing having things keep your attention, and that's kind of the medium that they have perfected and handling a lot of things themselves like VFX and music. And I think it helped like made them great directors because they've based, they've basically done everything on a smaller scale before. Anyways, uh, they had this script for talk to me and they pitched it to a bunch of American production companies, but everybody said no, except for one company that, said yes and offered them a lot of money, but said, we want to make it set in America with American actors, get some names in it. And they wanted to change some stuff to be a little more generic. And the Filippo brothers said it was incredibly difficult, but they said no, which is really impressive. impressive. They stuck true to their vision. And so it was financed um, by Screen Australia and various like Australian production companies and independent financing. And so they wanted to stay true to their vision. And then it premiered at Sundance where A24 bought it. And so this is nice. the movie that they wanted to make, which I think is really cool. And I'm just very glad they they stuck to their guns about that. There's a few really interesting things about this film as well, which... I'm really happy to be one of two Australian horror spondents yep. for you guys because this, yeah, it's shot in Australia, but it's shot in a city called Adelaide. Have you guys heard of Adelaide before? Yeah, you guys remember my my go to Australian phrase is the it's the biggest. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's well, right. What was it called again? Baby, baby, mum. Biggest like, Burberry baby shower. <laughs> biggest Burberry baby shower in all of Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> That's my go-to phrase. That's from Yummy Mummies. Check it out on Netflix. A twenty-four is going to pick up. Yeah, yeah. So, so Adelaide. I don't know if you if there's an equivalent in either California or America, but Adelaide's essentially a city that's like a punchline. Yeah, it's sort of like Phoenix. Phoenix energy. Like I reckon, I'm kind energy. of like a very second-tier, slightly mm. weird climate. Like sort of no character. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's my that's my Australian correspondence. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but it is. But, but it's 
like a joke, right? So it's it's kind of like it, it's a city that's not really taken seriously. Yeah. If people want to if people want to make a joke about a bad city, it's like oh, don't go to Adelaide, sort of thing, right? Like it has it, it has that bad cultural rap. We're a national law firm, right? But we don't have offices in Adelaide, and that's kind of the <laughs> like. <laughs> got it. Got good. it. So it's so it's it's really interesting how not only did they stick to their guns, they were like, no, this has to be from Adelaide. We have a friend with a daughter named Adelaide, and I'm just they're going to be devastated to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> She's named after a joke city. People are going to take you seriously in Australia. <laughs> but, and it's that it's that really cool thing where it's like they not only did they were they like we're repping Australia, we're repping Adelaide. Which is which is a thing, right? And and I think there's a moment in this film where they very conspicuously like hero Adelaide culture, which obviously we'll get to during the nice, recap. Nice. What is Adelaide culture? Like a nice cricket ground, some like good wineries. <laughs> it's known as the city of churches. Oh, that's like the, churches. that's the thing. Adelaide is the city of churches. Got it. Okay. Okay. Reasonable rap scene like 20 years ago. Prime and purpose are from there, Shaq. Okay. That's about it. But yeah. Um, So I I think, I also think as well, you know, you mentioned before they they started making like horror comedy films on Raka Raka, which was their sort of YouTube channel. Yeah. And I think beyond just being able to like work with like, you know, small scripts and like, like have like a really like intimate understanding of filmmaking, I think... YouTube in the like the noughties and YouTube in the last 10 years has sort of been where like Gen Z grew up mm-hmm. like and you know even the generation beforehand yeah. you know they didn't watch TV they were watching YouTube they were on social right yep so I think there's a there's an understanding of young people in this film yeah that mm. I don't think I've seen in horror films like I, I think horror film teenagers have been the same since like Scream and I think this <sighs> film changes that completely I don't know what do you Ooh. reckon Sammy? yeah no I agree and I'm curious what your like initial this movie this I so I saw it twice. Oh wow, okay. I saw it twice within 24 hours because and this is something that I feel like I do when something really affects me. I'm like I immediately need to see it again to kind of continue to process it, I think is what it is. And so I Whoa. was so I I mean maybe we should talk about it more at the end, but it, it, one way that I've been describing it is that we did a movie, uh, we did the 2013 Evil Dead once, and that was um, a movie that filled me with adrenaline in such a way that I felt like I was just getting off in a really fun roller coaster. I was like dancing around the house like this is amazing. This movie filled filled me with adrenaline in a way that felt like I had just survived like a horrible car accident. <laughs> like I was oh my god. Wow. Like I would I couldn't sleep after I and it wasn't cuz I was scared. I wasn't scared by this movie necessarily, but I was just so tense and stressed the whole time that my body was like in a kind of survival mode afterwards that I really didn't anticipate. But and then seeing seeing it the second time and knowing what was going to happen, I had a, a different experience and I liked it. I enjoyed it both times, but I just had a, like a pretty significant physical reaction the first time that caught me off guard. And I'm 
I, I feel I feel recovered now, but it took me a couple of days. Stressed and tense are such bad feelings, Sammy. That like I guess it's like this sort of <laughs> goes back to my central thesis that I'm sure there's a nice romantic comedy out there that we could all watch, or we can just rewatch the you recent know what? Spider-Man. I watched I watched Pride and Prejudice afterwards. That's oh, no. that's where this movie <laughs> took me to because, and I would I have been putting it off for so long because of exactly that. It's the not the kind of movie I'm usually after, and I just needed it. And I needed it. You loved it. I loved it. It was great. (laughs) Feeling good feels good. Which part of prejudice? Are we in in Kira Knightley or are we in Kira Knightley, Matthew McFadden? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still can't believe Matthew McFadden. Like, I've I've never seen it. I've only seen Succession. I can't imagine him as a heartthrob. I'm telling you, it's shocking, but it fucking works. works. It works. It It really does. It works. I'll just tell us that uh, this movie has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, shit. 76% on Metacritic, a 7.5 on IMDb. Uh, and we've been uh, measuring our IMDb on a six to seven scale because I swear to God, everything on IMDb is between six and seven. Yep, yep. And <laughs> this is this blowing, blowing the roof of it. Out of water. Seven point five. Uh, the budget was four point five million. It's already made twenty million in just over a week. So it's nice. doing well. And the Philippo brothers have revealed that they've already shot a prequel. Which uh, <gasps> is like a X and Pearl situation. Oh, very sick. cool. Don't know too many sick. details on that yet, but just, yeah, stay tuned. I'm excited to hear it. I know very, very little about this movie. I have seen the trailer once. It came on before Mission Impossible, I think. And I, a friend of ours works in advertising and the agency she works for does advertising for A24. And so she had seen this movie months ago and we ran into her and she mentioned that how good this movie or she I think told Joel um, the premise of it and I think the premise just the log line at least is absolutely genius and I'm like very excited to see well to hear about uh, how this unfolds well I'm very excited. You're gonna see a little piece of it because we're gonna watch that trailer okay let's do it <laughs> have you seen the group chat and doing it again tonight huh no, please. It's my mom's remembrance day. I just want to forget about it. Who's up? I'll do it. Cannot go for more than 90 seconds. Am I clear? What happens after 90 seconds? <laughs> Don't want to stay. Light the candle to open the door. Blow it out to close it. Put your hand on it. Now say, talk to me. Talk to me. What did the hand feel like? It felt amazing. I could see and feel everything on the other side. So my mom, she was trying to reach out. Mom, I'm here. 
still been saying stuff. You mean saying stuff? What if we opened the door, but we didn't shut it? Oh my God, they followed us. I like you. They're not gonna stop. They're never gonna stop. feeling but i'm in like let's go mode i'm like yeah okay let's get it i've never seen flatliners uh and this gives me big flatliners energy yeah like let's fucking go all right yeah i'm very excited to hear what happens to me i truly this morning joel was like maybe gonna go see movie and i i 10 a.m. I was like, okay, if you're going to the movies, you have to go see Talk to Me because I'm I know I'm going to need to talk to you about it. So he went and saw it at 10 o'clock this morning just so that I could have somebody to talk to you about. (laughs) Perfect start to the day. Yeah, I don't think he enjoyed starting his day that way, but um, it's, you know, for the for the good of the pod. So it's so funny watching like watching that trailer. you know, and I've I've recently seen this film, and I love this film, and I'm you know no stranger to horror films. But I think after you mentioned that thing, like my heart was racing watching that trailer, even knowing everything that happens in the film. It's so good. It's a at, very good trailer at just creating dread and tension, and it's like nonstop. It's really you know keeping to that ninety minutes, so it's like nice and it's like fast paced, doesn't really let up. It starts with a crazy opening, so we'll get to that in a second. But um, a small thing I just want to shout out is that A24 logo rules. They always do like a little. (laughs) I jumped. I like it. That was a jump scare to me when that hand moved. I will say not very many jump scares in this movie. There's maybe none. I remember like one part of being like, huh, but there's no jump scares for the sake of like, you know, just like tricking you. I feel like they're all er- earned. Can I press M, M on jump scares for a sec? Like mm. as we as we work through our scaredy cat journey, I've come to realize jump scares are probably the cheapest part of a horror film. Of it's yeah. like, oh yeah, okay, you can be loud and surprising, and so I'm coming to you know appreciate the 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 craft that has to go behind creating a horrific experience without going kaboom, kablow, here's a big loud sound. Yep. I don't know. M, yeah. M, M, do jump scares still get you or do you kind of see past those now? They still get me. Yeah, they still get me. me but, um, but I, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think honestly the best scare is a, is a, we've talked about it before, a jump scare that is not built up to that like, uh, like a, a really effective jump scare, which what movie am I thinking of, Sammy, where like all of a sudden it, like something is just like at you in a way that you were not anticipating. It's the two biggest jump scares that have gotten me so good were in The Haunting of Hill House, which is a TV show, not a movie. But there is one jump scare in there that if you've seen it, you'll know which one we're talking about. And then I think you might be thinking of The Night House where it's... I think I am. I was picturing uh, oh. Rebecca Hall whenever I, yep. whenever I was... There's yeah, a moment where it goes from so quiet to so loud, but in a way that is... It's it's just done differently than something like uh, The Nun, which is just like none of this movie is good, so we're just going to have a bunch of jump scares to like keep you Dark on your corners. Yeah, and, yeah. Type that of thing. I think is yeah not worth it. But. Right. I think, and another thing, like when you look at that trailer as well, 
Not only does the film not really have jump scares, it also doesn't have that typical horror music usually. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, mostly this film sounds like Australian drill music. There's, <laughs> I, I counted at least two one four tracks. Nice. And, it, and it's funny you mentioned a smoothie place called Punchbowl. Um, Punchbowl is also like a Western Sydney suburb where like the West of Sydney is where a lot of like, you know, contemporary Austra Australian like street culture, drill yeah. and yeah, street and like rap music comes from. And it's just funny how it all, it all connects because you notice, especially in a couple of party scenes, they like a lot of Australian teen movies will use American music in their party scenes, mm. but they very intentionally all the way through have used Australian music, which again, just like reinforces this coolness of cool. these guys that were like, mm -hmm. we want to make our vision and we want to represent, you know, Adelaide and Australian culture the whole way through. Yeah. That's so cool. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. They did it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I want to just, just tell us what happens. I got to know. We begin at a suburban Australian house party. And when I say suburban, I mean, think about a street where like there aren't really fences on the, there's just front lawns that then eventually go onto the road. 
there aren't enough street lights to cover every house. So nice. the, the like the street feels kind of dark and the real illumination is coming from inside the house. So we're following this character walking into a into a house party where like the street's dark, everything's a bit dark, but there's like heaps of people. We're hearing like Australian. I, cu- I couldn't work out who the artist was, but it was sort of like like Australian sort of SoundCloud rap as he's walking into this house. Um, it feels really claustrophobic. It feels really like dark and oppressive. Um, and this man, uh, his name is Cole. And in a single shot, we realize he's frantically searching through the outside and then eventually into the inside of this house party looking for his brother named Duckett. Someone in, at the party says... Cole, your brother, like, go get your brother. He's out of control or something. Like, go grab him. And he tracks him down. Sorry, Tommy. Was that an Australian accent that was going to start off there? Because that's very, very welcome. The call, like, you were just about to do call your brother in an Australian accent. It wasn't. Did it sound like it was? Did I do an unintentional? I thought thought we were just about to get Sammy Sammy (laughs) break into yummy mummy's energy. Sorry, sorry. No, no. But, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll sprinkle it in every every once in a while. Uh, But he tracks him down to this room where the door is locked and his friend is saying, you know, he's in there and he starts breaking down this door and the guy whose house it is is like, my mom's going to be so mad. These are all like high schoolers basically. And he's breaking down the door and the intensity with which he's breaking down the door lets us know something is really wrong. And so already I was like, so stressed Mm. what we're going to find in this room because he's like pretty panicked. Like he needs to get his brother. He breaks down the door And we see his brother shirtless with cuts on his back, hunched over, kind of mumbling to himself. Cole comes up to him, puts a jacket over him and is trying to get him up like we got to take him home. And he says to Cole, uh, mom said you're going to hurt a lot of people. And Cole says, mom's dead, duck it. And is like rubbing his back. He says, mom's dead. And duck it looks at Cole and says, you're not him. You're not him. Oh, shit. I tried to do Australian. <laughs> it didn't work. You're not him. Yes. There, there it is. Found it. And they walk out into the main section of this party and everyone whips their phones out and starts filming because they see that Duck is having... Uh, I mean, he's what he's having is you would assume is like a mental breakdown and Cole is screaming at everyone, put your fucking phones away. Like what's wrong with you? And everyone's just filming and filming and laughing like this is a joke. And think about the intensity of this already, right? Like it's already felt claustrophobic. It's dark. Like this, this, this music is like they're shouting, but there's still this music playing. And now all of a sudden there's all these faces looking at them, but the lights of their phones as they're recording is really bright. So Cole and Duckett are illuminated with all these kind of like faceless teenagers just watching them. Mm. And Cole is trying to shove people back, put your phones away. And as he's shoving people we see a knife stab into his back. Duckett has stabbed him. He drops to the floor. Everyone starts screaming and kind of slowly backing up. Duckett is just now walking with the knife kind of slowly <gasps> around the apartment as people are fleeing, now scared, but still kind of filming and as they're running away. And then Duckett stabs himself in the face. Oh! But, 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 but it's not just like a, like, uh, you, you might, if, 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 if Sammy says stab yourself in the face, you might be like, oh, you know, like, it's so fast. Like, it's like supernatural force. Like the way it's almost like his head goes down and his hand goes up at the time to meet. So the knife, the blade goes 
all the way into his head. Like yeah. immediately in. It's it's one of the most brutal face stabbings I've seen in horror, I think, ever. Sounds like the Joker and the pencil type situation. Yes, yeah. yeah okay. And it's that just I feel like sets the tone for the rest of the movie where you just know how stressed you need to be because that's kind of what we're dealing with. <laughs> Ooh. I, I mean I mean, we talk about something, you know, in horror films called gore shadowing where if they give you a, an early gory death, you know you're in for some mm, fucked up shit. Yep. Like they, they let you know. They let you know very early. And that was textbook gore shadowing. Yeah. So so we cut to the title. Oof. Nice. And then we're introduced to kind of our protagonist, I guess our final girl, but it, it, it fucks with convention enough that she's not your like typical final girl. Yeah. Um, 17-year-old Mia is struggling with the second anniversary of her mother, Rhea's accidental suicide. So she's Mia, her mother is Rhea, also her dad is Max. The, 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 we'll, we'll refer to them as either Rhea and Max or Mia's mum and dad. What does accidental suicide mean? Yeah, I'm having the same question. Like an accidental overdose. Yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. Of sleeping pills. Yeah, so she did, she did kill herself, but there's a question of whether she meant to or not. Which Got I think is, it. I think it's revealed quite early. In fact, you know, Mia has this emotionally distant term. Is that with apologies? Sorry, Sam and M. I, I sometimes get hung up on editing Wikipedia as we go. Is that is that Wikipedia? <laughs> it is. It's a, that's from Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, so, so, so Mia and Max, Mia and Max, her dad, have this frosty relationship, and it has something to do with the fact that there are questions about the mother's death because. The mother had took too many painkillers, collapsed against the bedroom door. So the dad was trying to break in to you know do something potentially to resuscitate or something, but couldn't get in because she was slumped against the door. And then we see that Mia gets a phone call from her best friend's little brother. His name's Riley, the cutest little kid. I think he's fourteen. They say he's they say he's not even fifteen. So I presume that means he's fourteen. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he couldn't. In theory, be zero to 14. Yeah, he could be any age in that bracket. He, like, he could be 16 plus as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's not even 15. <laughs> and so she goes to pick him up because his sister has forgotten about him. And we find out that Mia basically has this kind of second family because she has such a strained relationship with her dad. She spends most of her time with her best friend, Jade, and her mom and little brother but as she picks up the little brother Riley uh, it's nighttime they're driving home clear that they're very close and they're singing Sia loud having a good time and this is really important because Sia is originally from Adelaide Ooh. so <gasps> the fact that as they're Fine. driving as they're driving home and they're like they're not just singing along they're being like ah I'm sorry, that was really bad. It's but, chandelier. Ah, you can't, you can't sing chandelier. You got to scream it. Not sing chandelier. Yeah, exactly. And it's just such a like. It's like obviously it's showing the relationship, but it's very much a like. It's just a. It's just another Adelaide reference detail. in a film full of them. Love that. Yeah, that's cool. Wouldn't work in Phoenix. Yeah. No, wouldn't work in Phoenix. Well, yeah. yeah. Don't know what they would be singing. I don't even know. (laughs) Uh, But as they're driving along, they come to a stop and we see that they're seeing something that startles them and they get out of the car and there is a dying kangaroo in the road. Is this something that happens? You guys, is this like deer for Australia? 
can I say, like, it, 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 it's probably a cliche, but kangaroos, depending on where you are, kind of are everywhere. Yeah. You know, to, to the point where, and I don't know how this happens, Peach, you might have a better idea mm. how a native animal can be a pest, but yeah. they're considered a pest and yeah. like to the point where, like, especially in rural communities, is that right, Peach? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, the way they deal with, I think it's, pasture but 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 not not agricultural pasture like sort of green fields issues but it's an issue i don't understand well enough but like hitting a hitting a roo while driving is like a huge risk driving in the country at night because you'll be flying along yeah, yeah, at yeah, a serious yeah. speed yeah and you either break or don't you and know? you've got to understand like kangaroos are, are kind of like scary mm. like you mm-hmm. know there's like there's you know like I've seen boxing kangaroo right. Yeah. I was going to say, I, they're like big deer that pun can punch you. <laughs> like big deer that can punch you. Well, scary. You know, there's, there's this sort of holiday house that our fam go, you know, that's a couple of hours south of Sydney that we go to. And it's on this little peninsula that's home to all these like, you know, families of kangaroos. And so you wake up in the morning and they're just on the front lawn. Yeah. Um, and they are not in any way like domesticated or anything. So... Mm you'll have these moments where they just you just stare them out and you either just give them some space, especially mm. if the big, like, alpha's around who's always massive Oof. and, like, weirdly muscular, like, weirdly yeah, too muscular. muscular. I don't like it. <laughs> Not strong, muscular. <laughs> There's a difference. There's a difference. It's like a Zac Efron, like, <laughs> but it's like really veiny. Like you didn't think they'd have so many veins, but like hitting a hitting a kangaroo is hitting a wild, you know, sometimes slightly threatening animal. It's not like hitting like a cute. It's like oh, I hit this. It's like no, I hit a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's it's and. I found as well in like contemporary Australian horror, this is now becoming a bit of a trope. Mm. Like early on, you hit a kangaroo or we find a kangaroo carcass and it's it's a, it's a symbol. Symbolic. Of, I don't even really know what it's a symbol of. Uh, I feel like there's a similar thing in American horror though. Like hitting a deer, deer. is that, a relatively common. Yeah, I'm thinking of Get Out happens in get yeah. out get out um the invitation right don't they hit a deer on the way up to the house i think so probably just like a bad oh, a bad, bad omen type thing mm. yeah but it, yeah sort of insert a local large animal here sort <laughs> is, of horror is trope. It on your bingo card sammy i was just trying to reflect like no, a I don't think it is. scary drawing from child and spooky nightgown the next gonna have update to... will have hit a deer slash kangaroo yeah, <laughs> yeah no, hit, a, hit a kangaroo <laughs> if it's an australian horror yeah, film because yeah. i promise it happens happens more than once. Doesn't work in Phoenix, that one. That doesn't translate. No, Mm -hmm. that one does not work in Phoenix. Drive over a snake when you're there, I presume. Anyway. Mm. (laughs) So, or Charles Barkley. So, (laughs) Nick, does he? (laughs) Can we just dress play for the Phoenix Suns? That's all I know about Phoenix. That's literally it. Um, So, so Mia drives Riley home and... Well, hold on. We got to go back to the kangaroo just for one second because I think it's it's important. You're right, you're right. Is that Hmm. they get out and... Uh, see that it is suffering and dying and Riley says to Mia like we need to put it out of its misery and she kind of psychs herself up for a second because it's clear that this kangaroo is not going to survive um, and she's psyching herself up to to do it they get back in the car and they're, she's driving fast like she's going to drive over its head or something to to kill it and at the last second she stops drives around it she can't do it Riley says you know what are you doing and she basically says someone else will come like and take care of it 
Mm. So they leave it. Now that actually does make sense. Now I'm like, I, I, I do need to see it a second time to like pick up on all of these cues. But so they get home and yeah, so we discover that Mia has has essentially a second family in Jade's family. So Jade's mum, played by Miranda Otto, who is like locally like a super prestigious, famous She's great. Uh, actress. Emily, you'd know her from Lord of the Rings. Ah. <gasps> She's one of the elves and I can't remember which one. <laughs> She's not an elf. She's a human, but we'll, we, you know, we'll get. We'll, oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I know why you would have thought that. Any, yeah, yeah. She's got long blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> so she, so she's a single mom. Uh, dad is out of the picture. They, they don't really talk about it. She's just a single mom. Jade is the older sister. Riley's the younger sister, and Mia clearly stays with them most nights. Younger brother. Um, sorry. Younger brother. Sorry, younger brother. Yes, is younger brother, and Mia stays with them most nights, and. Uh, in this early, in this in this first scene, and I remember while I was watching this, I was like, "Oh wow!" Like it's probably about fifteen or twenty minutes into the film, and we haven't even seen the hand, we haven't seen spookiness. We're really just setting up this family. Uh, we find out another really funny detail, which is Jade's current boyfriend is Mia's ex boyfriend, who is super Christian. <laughs> so he only goes as far as whatever base is holding hands. Like I know bases change as you get older, but his his the farthest they get. As as a couple is holding hands. Yeah, they haven't kissed yet. I think that's zero base. I thought kissing was first base. But, but when no, when you're yeah, a teenager, I, I don't think hands count. Hands is like, all right, we're you know, technically baseball happens here. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that baseball happens <laughs> at some point. <laughs> but yeah, so Jay, I mean, Mia would have dated Dan- Daniel is his name. It like three or four years ago. So when they were 14, so, but they have a like fun dynamic where it's not like a super jealousy thing. They're kind of playing it as a joke. Like, Ooh, my ex-boyfriend, ha ha ha, Daniel. And they're, they're being uh, like cute about it. Um, And then they're looking at Snapchats from their friends, Snapchat stories. And we see the first images of people being, possessed by something but it's kind of treated in the way as like a party drug which i think is the the metaphor that that it is mm-hmm. for uh where there's a bunch of kids around one person with huge dilated pupils everyone's laughing filming it like oh my god this is so crazy and mia's really interested in this and wants to go and check it out it's at one of their friends houses jade is kind of rolling her eyes at it like they're they're making it up it's it's a you know, filter or something. It's not real. They're just trying to do this, try to get people to come over to their house. But Mia says it's her mom's remembrance day. This is the two year anniversary of her, her mother's death. And so she kind of uses that as a way to guilt Jade to agree to go. And so they head out and Riley uses the mom uh, forgetting, or excuse me, uses Jade forgetting to pick him up as something to blackmail Jade with to let Riley go to the party. He's like, I'll tell mom that you didn't pick me up earlier. So the three of them head to the party. So they go to this party that is hosted by two. Uh, I'm trying to think of the high school archetypes, but they definitely reminded me of like, you know, like kids from Australian high school parties Mm -hmm. where they're they're kind of, they're not quite bullies. They're not quite cool kids. 
they're something, but they're they're kind of the rebels where mm-hmm. that people respect them but kind of fear them a little bit. I think possibly yes. druggies ish, druggy and yeah. like and like maybe like a little dash of jock in there for part of it. Maybe they were just sports. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, look, it's very much Heath Ledger's character from Ten Things I Hate About You. I think it's probably there. Yeah. Well, so 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 Haley and Josh. <laughs> interesting thing. I just found out as well this morning that Haley is played by a trans person, and because of that, this film. Has now been banned in Kuwait. I just read that as well, which is fucking crazy because it's literally not even mentioned at all. Almost as if that's just a person and an actor exactly. in the movie. Exactly. It's like exactly. not because, part of the story yeah. that it's like literally just them wanting to wipe trans people from existence and being like, no, we won't be seeing that in films in this country. I, I would have expected more from Kuwait, but um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What I think is interesting, like that's such a good point, and this is this is my point. This is my this is my main point about why I find this film so exciting. It's like that's what I that's what I've seen from Gen Z. It's like they don't give a shit. Like it's not a big deal. And in the fact that like a millennial screenwriter would have had characters making joke about their transness mm-hmm. and then them defending it and would have been like a big deal. Like no, I'm like you know I'm a hero, or whatever. We're Whereas, like, putting like, it in the movie. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, here, they're just, it, like, Haley's just another character. It's kind of amazing. Yep. But anyway, so so they go to this house party. Immediately, we hear two, like, one, four songs in a row. So one, four are, like, the biggest Australian drill band. There's mm. heaps of, like, YouTube videos of, like, uh, British drill fans reacting to Ugh. Australian drill, and it's always one, four, and they're amazing. Anyway, so I think the songs are Lads in the Hood, and I ca- couldn't quite work out what the other one was. Um but I, I just thought that was such a cool detail that you just wouldn't see mm. in other films. Yeah. Anyway, so they go they go to this party and it starts out as a normal teenage party, like kids sitting around, like people chatting, people making jokes, people feeling awkward. Like there's no hand yet. It's just a party. Sounds awesome. And then, yeah. and then the main event happens where Joss, Haley and Joss reveal their severed, abarmed hand. So this is a this is a human hand. Well, well, later on, they sort of start to talk about what it could be. But at the moment, it kind okay. of look, it, it looks like a real hand, but it also seems to have the the properties of something hard or, or like mm-hmm. either something wooden or stone. I think they say it's ceramic that it's it, at some point we find out it's like the, an embalmed hand of a medium or a psychic or a Satanist. And it, there's just a lot of mythology sure, sure. around it. It's never fully like here's exactly what it is. It's more like yeah. teenage mm-hmm. kids with a totem thing that they found building mythology around it and kind of trying to amp up the spookiness. But we're not exactly sure. Uh, I find that um, with quote quote good horror films, that's often the way. It's especially the way to do it. in, in a hundred yeah, percent, like, yeah. like because I don't know what you were expecting in, but in like getting into exploring horror films, I was expecting it to be the hand of Belshazzar, the demon <laughs> of the undead, exactly. and that you get. Yeah, that's the full, always a disappointment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's why I feel like this movie's so successful because it doesn't. Mm. There's a lot of unanswered questions at the end that I think mm. are really fun to think about, and we'll talk about when we get there. But, but yeah, mm. so we don't, we don't know. It seems like just kids that have found a hand that comes with some, uh, warnings. Some other group of friends gave it to them and they slap it on the table and basically say uh, it connects you to spirits on the other side and they can possess you. And, 
uh, Mia volunteers to go first and they strap her to a chair with like a belt and it's feeling I, I'm nervous at this point for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Haley tells us that you can't hold it for longer than 90 seconds because after 90 seconds, they'll want to stay. And that's a very scary line. <laughs> but the, but the, that 90 seconds starts when you let them in. So the way that they, they, they explain, the way that this ritual happens is you hold the hand and you say, talk to me, and you'll be able to see a spirit. Once you say, I let you in, the timer starts and you become possessed. Yep. And Mia <clears throat> starts, holds the hand, says, talk to me, sees... Uh, what looks like a scary corpse of an old man panics, lets it go, freaks out seeing this is real now. And she's like, what the fuck was that? Jade is like, Mia, stop making a joke. It's not funny. And she's like, this is real. This is real. She says, who the fuck was that? Haley and Joss are laughing. They're saying it's somebody different. Every time you have to keep holding it and say, I'll let you in. So uh, Mia, Jade, because Jade's not believing her, Mia, like, Again, psychs herself up. She's like, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. This is real. What I just, I just saw someone real. Holds the hand again. Says, talk to me. Sees uh, like a waterlogged woman's corpse. It looks like a woman that has drowned. And she's scared and, and cringing. And they say, you don't have to look at it. Just say, I let you in. So she says, I let you in. The force of the spirit entering her body knocks her back in her chair. It's one of the doors opens and slams closed. The, her pupils start getting big. And you, it's like it's Edgar Wright. It's mm-hmm. Requiem for a Dream. It's like mm-hmm. all these like quick cuts. And you see the spirit really luxuriating and being in a physical body. She's kind of like, mm. and looking around the room, she's laughing. And she looks at an empty spot in the room and says, there he is. Really scary. They're all looking at that. What the fuck? Where there? Who is? (laughs) And then she looks at Riley and says, he likes you. And Riley looks terrified. And and remember, like, when you're 14, you're a baby. Like, even at 17, you're a baby. But it's like you're 14. You're this 14-year-old boy. You think you're, like, going out to this party, but you're you're not. Like, you'll probably still have some toys you like to play with. You're very, like, and and he just, the look on his face and, like, when he realizes he's being targeted is, like, heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. He has, like, a little silent tear fall. He's, like, so scared but trying to hide it because he wants to be one of the older kids. And she's really focused on him and says, he's behind you now. He's going to rip you in half. And we're all looking and there's nobody behind him. And everyone else is laughing while Riley is uh, fucking terrified. Mm. Again, everyone's filming this. That's another important thing that's always in the in the Mm. background of all of all of this, which. And people people are kind of spooked, but they're also pissing themselves in a way that I think people would in this situation. Like a Ouija board type thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. like everyone's filming, like, oh my god, can you believe it? Oh shit! And like, like the very teenage aspect of it, which is you just have no concept of mm. what fear should be, what mm. life is. It's why like teens drink and drive all the time. You just are like you feel invincible, and you're so stupid, mm. and you're and you just like 
will do the stupidest fucking shit ever because you mm. have no idea you shouldn't. Mm. Which one of the most <sighs> chilling things I heard in an interview with the Philippo brothers was when they were asked what some of their inspiration was for the movie. They said that they had these neighbors growing up, these kids around their age that it was, I think, three brothers or three friends or something. And one of them was experimenting with some sort of party drug and had a really bad reaction to it and was basically having a seizure. And the other kids just filmed him laughing and nobody called the, uh, you know, an ambulance or anything. And the Filippo, Filippo brothers just said how that was like the most terrifying thing they had ever heard of just exactly teenagers not being equipped to handle or take this situation seriously yeah. and that's what happens in this movie <laughs> yeah mix it up yeah. with some undead chat roulette and you've got a yep. you've got a good yeah good i can't film. believe this is this is literally undead chat roulette oh my god um it gets close to 90 seconds so they try to uh end the ritual so there's another thing so you light a candle at the start oh, and you right. blow a candle out at the end but you also have to let go of the hand so it gets close to 90 seconds they try to to pry the hand from her but the spirit is holding onto it far too hard when they eventually separate Mia's hand from the, the actual hand it's they're like it's gone over 90 seconds but they're like are you okay and she's like I feel fine she says she feels amazing well, well, th see, this is what this is what's interesting about this, right? So that night, <laughs> Mia stays over with Jade's family. Riley wakes up because he's obviously like totally traumatized. Goes to Jade's sister's room, and she's like, "You're not sleeping in here." So he like trundles along in his pajamas, holding his pillow and his blanket, and goes to the couch where Mia's sleeping, and hops in. And at first, Mia kind of pays him out by being like, "Oh, you're having nightmares, are you?" And he, she's like, "Don't worry, I have nightmares too." Very ominously. And then Riley asks her, how did it feel being possessed? And she's like, it felt amazing she, because, I, and I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember the wording. Maybe you have she this says, better, Sammy. It was something like. She hmm. says it felt like I could, I could, well, this is in the trailer and I'm not actually sure it's what she says in the movie, but like she says she feels like warm and like she could see and feel everything, but she was in the passenger seat, which is like a common way that people could describe drugs. It's like you feel like there but not there and so it's her witnessing mm. life but not being in the driver's seat of it so an escape so so the next day we're at the high school and Haley being like yeah i guess the cool druggy kid is in the high wait, school wait, cup. one one last thing that happens in that scene is that they fall asleep and we see riley's face as he's sleeping and just a wet waterlogged hand stroke his cheek yes that's right that's right yep so we then at school the next day we're in the car park Haley's sitting on the boot of her car smoking a ciggy and god there were just just in that sentence there were so many little australian things that i just <laughs> Car park, boot of the car, Siggy. We would have said they're in the parking lot, sitting on the trunk, smoking a cigarette. And I just had to call that out because it was just one after another after another, and I really loved it. Well, Shag's, Shag's favorite that he needs to put to you both is, you know, when you're at a playground. Do you guys have playgrounds? Or f is it a fun park or a playground? We say playground. Okay. It's a playground. And, you know, when children sit on like a sloping thing and they sit at the top 
on the slide. On the, slide. So um, we call that a slippery dip. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was a word. And so, sorry, Shag, Shag, Shag shared his insight that like we in Australia think that's a worldwide thing. I'm like, oh yeah, there's the swings. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you want to go down the slippery dip? And it's like that's just what we call it. <laughs> I that's love it. so much more fun. That is so much more fun than slide. Slippery dip. Slippery dip. We bequeath it to you. Uh, enjoy Thank it. Thank you. In, in Adelaide, they call it a slide still, I'm sure. <laughs> so, so, so they're in this high school where there's probably a slippery dip somewhere very nearby. Um, and so with Mia sort of sheepish, sheepishly behind Jade, uh, Jade asks Haley if they can do the ritual again. And Haley's like, well, we can't do it at my house or Joss's house. I can't remember whose house it was, but they're like, because the house is trash. But if we can do it at your house, we'll do it tonight. And and the reason why it's interesting, the reason why they want to do it is because Jade's super Christian boyfriend wants to do yeah, it, Daniel. which feels weird for his. Yeah, which feels weird. I mean, we haven't really seen Daniel yet, but it just from what we've heard of Daniel feels weird for out of character. For I him. think that's fair to say. Yeah, but he wants a turn. So they decide. And the stage is set for them to do it that night. And what's really funny is there's this really fun scene or there's a, there's a collection of scenes before this second party that night where Miranda Otto, the mum, is really clued up that something <laughs> is going to happen at their house tonight. Like Daniel shows up really early and the mum's like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And then has this really cute scene like, you know, where she goes into – the, the little like Riley's bedroom and tries to trick Riley by being like, so about the party tonight, what time's it starting? But Riley's a bit too smart. He's like, what party? There's no party happening here. <laughs> and so, so basically like the, it's this thing where it's like the mom knows something's going to happen, but it's like, I trust you kids. Don't do anything dumb tonight. I can't stop you. I have to go out, but please don't like, like just be safe tonight. Yeah. And so they come over after the mom has left for work or whatever. And Daniel's going first. Daniel, they bring out the hand. Daniel's ready to go. They strap him in and he grabs the hand, says, talk to me. Freaks out, but keeps holding the hand. He says, I let you in. We see him get thrown back and he's kind of choking for a while. And they think something because there's usually kind of a little adjustment period where it's settling into your body and he's really yeah. choking. His eyes are really bulging, but it does pass. And he he sits back down in the chair. He's looking around at them, looking at all of the faces. And he looks at Jade and says, he hates it when you touch him. And Jade looks hurt by this. This is, we assume this, the spirit talking. Uh, and I think, and I think the actual, like, there's another quote where he's like, you make him soft. You make him soft. Because the, the, we find out at some point that they can kind of read your thoughts while they're in your body. So it's oh, communicating God. things mm. that it's learning from Daniel's brain. And obviously Jade looks really hurt by this. And then Daniel possessed turns to look at Mia and starts looking really turned on and breathing heavily and kind of massaging him. So I don't know if he's fully jerking off, but he's reaching down. That's kind of the impression we're getting. And he's like, uh, it's getting very sexual and hot and heavy. And, uh, Joss and Haley are laughing and filming. Well, th th and, and more than that, more than that, I reckon this is probably the moment where, the Filippo brothers were like, 
we have to film this in Australia. We're not going to let an American production company do this because the most Australian moment in this whole film is when Daniel, as possessed by the ghost, says those awful things uh, to Jade and then is really gross towards Mia. And it cuts to Haley, and Haley turns to Joss and is like, Man, this ghost is a cunt. <laughs> like, and it's just like, and you've got, and like, and you've got to understand, like, in Australian teams, but generally it's like that word is just so common, mm. like, so common, like, to the point where it's like, it's a thing where like people get into trouble, like Australians going to the UK or America will just be like, oh, don't be such a cunt. And like the room will stop uh. and everyone will be like, oh, you can't say that. Like That's it's so just, funny. It's just so commonplace. And when I saw that in this film, I was like, oh my God, people are not, people are going to laugh, but people are going to be like, why the fuck did Haley say that? That's really funny. I That's laughed. cool. I laughed. Yeah. Uh, but so Daniel is like thrusting and getting so hot and heavy that he falls off of his chair. Oh, oh fuck, I forgot about this bit. Oh my God, I forgot about this bit. And he's kind of humping the floor and moaning. Everyone's filming and laughing. And then Jade's dog runs over and starts licking his face. And he starts making out with the dog and grabbing the dog like they're having this very horny moment and I did Ooh. find out that this is thankfully CGI they did and CGI, it looks it looks yeah, really nice. good though they, they like did a little okay. point of um, but it's like so hard to watch this is one of those cases where I'm like thank God yep. for CGI yeah. God they yeah. didn't actually have somebody do that well, and Ugh. it's also one of those like little like tongue dogs you know those squash yeah, yeah, bulldog. always it's a bulldog yeah. like so it's like I watched this in a full cinema so like i could only get a single seat like the cinema was so packed and people lost it like the cinema was going wild yeah. Yeah. Like, like, i think oh, just laughing, like laughing like, but uh, grossed out horrified just yeah. like <laughs> And it, oh, no. But it keeps going. It keep, like they do not pull away, and it just won't stop until they hit that Ooh. ninety second mark, and then they pull him out of it, and they're laughing and like cry laughing. And Daniel comes to and is immediately panicking, like delete it, delete it, delete the videos from your phones, please, please delete it. And they're already posting it, laughing too hard. <laughs> and oh, God, it's, it's 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 done. It's out there. So then after this is like, I think maybe the coolest scene I've mm -hmm. seen in a horror film this year. Like it is out of control. Like this is the moment where you're like, oh, I'm watching like a five-star film where mm. essentially they have a drug montage, but for the ritual. So over the course of like a minute or two with some like music playing, they all take turns saying talk to me and I let you in. So so we see Haley going crazy and being possessed. We see Joss being possessed. We see people doing it multiple times. We see people falling over, cutting to people laughing. And it's like everyone's just doing this ritual like it's kind of like a fun, dumb, dare, party drug sort of thing. Is this uh, like Edgar Wright style? Like are we getting like choppy, bouncy, like we're having a good time and kind uh, of processing? Yeah, it's fun. Like it's yeah, not okay. scary. It's kind of like, it's kind of like I think watching it, you think to yourself, I don't know, Sammy, did you think – Oh, maybe I'd do it. Um, I had a moment of understanding. I, it's hard to separate because I know <laughs> the bad things that could happen. But I can see in this moment the appeal of it. It's looking really fun in this moment. Uh, there's a part and where everyone's doing it yes. and like it's cool to Everyone do except it. for Jade. Yeah. Jade is not doing it. I can 100% say I would not do it. And not just because... 
I am scared of everything and, you know, obviously was as a teenager. I like didn't I did not like party as a teen. I know that I would be the kid who was like, this isn't right. This isn't good. And we shouldn't be doing it. I'd be like, you know, little bitch about it. I might have done it in college. I like the peer pressure element, though. Like, mm. you, yeah. you know, the sort of, yeah. oh yeah, the like say say Candyman in the in the mirror type type sort of. Oh, yeah. Are you like brave enough? Yeah, like it's good fun. Yeah, and as they're rap, there's a part where like Mia is singing in French. That's fun, and it's just mm-hmm. looking like they're having a good time. And then as they're wrapping up, Haley and Joss are like, "All right, we got to go." And Riley is like, "Wait, I want to get, I want to turn." And Jade says, "You know, mm-hmm. no, you're not doing it. You're not even 15. This is where we get that line." And uh, he get they get in a fight and kind of each deliver some low blows where um, Riley says something to Jade like, oh, all you care about is trying to suck Daniel's dick and embarrasses her. So she storms out. And so she's not in the room anymore. But, but also keep in mind, I think one of the reasons she storms out is because Mia then steps in and what instead of having Jade's back is like, Jade, like it doesn't always have to be your rules. Like let Riley do this. And Jade's kind of like, I'm just trying to protect my brother. But like yeah. if the whole room's against me, fuck it. You do whatever you want and like storms out. Yeah, so she leaves and they're still like seeming like they're going to wrap up and Riley is begging Mia like, please, please, can I just try it? Just try it. And someone says maybe six, maybe for 60 seconds instead of 90 seconds. And Mia says, okay, 50 seconds. And that's it. And so they decide, all right, Riley's going to do it for 50 seconds. I'm already freaking out at this moment because it's just the way that it's unfolding. You know that this is about to be the the bad part. And uh, so Riley grabs a hand and says, talk to me. And you see his face look really scared, but kind of I saw a little almost recognition, I feel like. And... They say, it's okay. Just say, I let you in. And he says it. Spirit enters his body. He starts crying, turns to Mia and says, I'm so sorry, Mia. I'm so I never wanted to leave you. I didn't want to hurt you. And then he, he says, me, I didn't, didn't want to hurt you. And Mia is her nickname that her mom called her. And so she immediately uh, is crying and and shocked and she starts kind of crawling towards him she's and Haley says we're at the 50 second mark and she says no 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 please it's my mom it's my mom it's my mom my mom is in him right now and she holds the hand as well so she's putting her hands over their two hands and then Riley kind of starts choking and throws his head back and is looking like he's losing oxygen and Mia is still trying to be like, mom, mom, is that you? And then Riley slams his head down on the table as hard as he can, busts his head open, starts pouring blood from his head. They all freak out and and jump backwards, scared. He slams his head a couple more times, like fucking bashing it so hard. His head is busting oh God, open. Oh God. And then he reaches for oh his my God. eye, oh my God. trying to pull his own eye out. And <laughs> Mia is trying to stop him, trying to pull the hand off of him. She's screaming, help me, help me, help me. Everyone is like frozen in, in shock. And she's screaming, help me. And 
tries to get the hand away from him, but he throws himself backwards against uh, the window. The window shatters. He's still got the hand in his hand. We're over 90 seconds now. And he there's a big, like heavy credenza table thing that he again starts bashing his head more and more and more. His head is like getting pulpy. Ah! He's like killing himself. And Jade hears what's happening, runs in, screams also is and runs to him and puts her hand in between the table and his head. And he's still slamming his head on it. She's screaming in pain. Her hand is now like broken. And Mia goes into complete shock and walks out of the room after they've gotten the hand off of him. And Jade is holding him, but we don't really see how it fully wraps up because we're following Mia as she's dazed and in shock in the hallway, leaving the room. And the sound design kind of goes all muffled and quiet as we see her washing blood off her hands. We see Josh, Joss and Haley leaving like they're going to pin this on us, freaking out. And we see a cop coming in the background being like, we need to talk to you. And and, and you, as this happens, you start to realize that the whole group have like shut down and closed in on themselves to be like, we're not telling anybody anything. You know, we're not going to give anything away. We are all going to be like, we don't know what happened. And so basically <sighs> nobody tells any of their parents anything. Uh, everybody's just like, we don't know what happened. Like Riley just kind of went wild, uh, which makes sort of everybody a bit suspicious, but none of the kids kind of get arrested because like they don't, there's no really evidence that anything happened yeah. except this kid kind of went wild. There's this really, there's this, you know, like there's there's a moment where uh, like he's hop, he's hospitalized um, and uh, Jay tries to like hold her mom's hand but her mom sort of pulls away because clearly she's not telling her mom anything because she can't. And then, you know, Mia's at home and Mia's dad Max is like, is there anything you want to tell me about what happened? And Mia just counters like, is there anything you want to tell me about what happened to mom? And she's like, yeah, I thought not. And so mm. th- this instead of like the, the parents coming in or like the police coming in or anything coming in, there's no outside help. Like, you know, this this thing yeah. has happened to Riley, but the kids are essentially going to have to sort this out themselves. Kind of an It Follows vibe. was It was giving me that of just like the parents aren't super involved. And I mean, uh, the Miranda Otto, Otto character, she's trying to be, but yeah, they're just not giving her any information. And so now we see at the hospital, Jade uh, tries, or excuse me, Mia tries to visit... Um, Jade and Riley in the hospital, they're furious at her. They don't want her there. And Jade's mom thinks Mia might have given Riley drugs or something. She doesn't know. And she's just like, I want you out of here. Like, get the fuck out of here. And this is obviously very difficult for Mia because this is kind of her family and she... Yeah, it's this, it's this weird moment mm-hmm. where it's like basically the mom's like, it's Mia's fault. Like... Mm-hmm. No one said anything as far as we know, but she's decided it's Mia's fault, which is kind of a fucked up thing. As much as I hate Mia in this movie, as much as she pisses me off and I'm like, how dare you do that to Riley? It's kind yeah. of fucked for the mom to just turn her away. Um, yeah, because it's like she can because it's not really her her kids. Yeah. So she is able to be like, hey, get the fuck out. But she's still like a child who's yeah. like, yeah, looked to you as a parent figure and that is yeah, that's really, yeah. really tough. Now, yeah. now we do see Riley's face. 
And it's like, it's like the head, it's like the daughter's head in Hereditary. It's like, it's, they, I don't know how they do it, but it's just the most horrific facial injuries I, I think I've ever seen on film. Yeah, but he's a, he's alive, but his face is, his head is like swollen to, I don't know, like almost twice its size. Like he's so incredibly injured. He's in a coma. Uh, it, one of his eyes is swollen completely shut. It just, it looks so bad. Oh. And this is consistent with the trend you've identified, Shag, and, and Sammy, I'm sure you have as well, of just putting kids in jeopardy, being a very oh, yeah. contemporary Way of Again, going about. for another update of your bingo card, if there's like a sweet or adorable child in a horror film in 2023, they are fair game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know why this is going to sound so... <laughs> rude, but kid stuff, it doesn't, kid stuff doesn't usually bother me too much. <laughs> <laughs> so so awful but something about riley really did get me and i think i don't know it might be that he's a teenager like a young preteen and he's just so cute and this kid was so good in it but so, for some reason this hit me harder than i expected it to based on my reactions to other child child stuff violence yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was on the the bad end, but I think also like after that, there's just that shot where he's in his pajama, he's in his jammies, he's holding his pillow, he's walking, you know, through the house like looking to sleep with someone because it's like he's too scared to sleep in his own bedroom, and you're just like, yeah, like I kind of at that point, I sort of like my you know paternal instincts kicked in, and I was like, yeah. I need to protect Riley. At I all really costs. wanted to protect Riley at all costs. I think there's something to like. <laughs> Because, yeah, I look, nobody wants bad things to happen to children, but <laughs> nobody wants bad things to happen to children. But, <laughs> but in, I feel like in a lot of movies, the whole point is like uh, a bad thing happens to a kid and we see them the whole time. It's like they're so innocent. They're so young. They're so innocent. Uh, feel bad for them. But there's something about the exact juxtaposition of Riley wanting to be an adult. But mm-hmm. but the, he is still a little kid that they're like, I think that's what's really hard about it is it's like this that exact moment in time where you're like play acting mm, at being not yeah, a kid, but yeah. you still really are. Yeah. Yep. And that's like a really scary moment because you get in over your head because you think you yeah, can handle cause it. You like you are still oh, the last thing on earth you want to be as a child, but you still fully are. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. I mean, what you lot. said, Emma, as well, like nobody wants bad things hap- to happen to kids. I think a big part, like the, a real realization of like feel bad club is like, Oh, like I kind of, I don't know how to describe this without sounding like the worst person in the world, but <laughs> I enjoy that Riley's like, as much as I want to protect Riley at all costs, for this film to be fully effective, I enjoy that he's fair game. And I enjoy the fact yeah. that the film won't protect him. It does up the stakes. Yeah, it does make you feel like anything anything is possible in a bad way. Whatever the bad version is of that. So, yeah. so Daniel, who is just like, he, he's not even really a character in this film, but uh, like Christian boyfriend is like, you know, chases after Mia, who's been, who's now been abandoned, like has b- abandoned her own family, but has been abandoned by a chosen family. So Daniel's like, tell you what, I'll drive you back to your house. 
along the way, it's revealed that Daniel has told his parents that he's staying with his cousins, so he can't go home. So he's like, look, I'll go stay with you tonight, like if you need some company. Uh, they go they go home. They, they're on Mia's bed. And I think, does Mia like try to like make out with him and he rebuffs her? Like something She's definitely happens? flirting with him. They, they like compare hand sizes and oh, she's yeah. kind of leaning in in a way that is suggestive and he pulls away. He's not letting it go there. And he does mention like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm with Jade, but it's, it's Mia's in this very vulnerable spot and it's clear that she wants to be like held and comforted by someone. And she's, mm-hmm. he's, he's there with her, but she's wanting more and he's not giving it to her. So they sleep uh, head to foot in bed and then <laughs> Mia wakes up and one of the old, I don't know if it's if it's the same old woman she saw from before, but it's, it's one of, it's it's a new like old scary scarred like corpsey woman is like creeping around the room and then comes to the bed. She freaks out. She jumps away from the bed and it goes towards Daniel and takes like his whole foot and just like puts it in his mouth and not in like a, it, 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 it's, it's not, I don't know what, like, it's not like, it's not necessarily sexual. It's sensual in the fact that she's like kind of eating, kind of sucking on this foot, but it's, it's scary more than anything. Like, I don't even like, it's such a weird scene. Yeah. And Mia is screaming, Daniel, wake up, Daniel, wake up, Daniel, wake up, looking at this as he's asleep. And then we see him wake up and look down at his feet and sees Mia sucking his toes. And he pulls back and it like shakes them both uh, up. And Mia is like, she was sucking your toes. And he's like, you were sucking my toes, Mia. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And she's like, so confused. Like, what? No, like there was a woman. And he's like, he just gets out, slams the door, leaves her. And she starts like smacking her head. She goes into this moment that is kind of like a almost like an addict, like having a whatever, like craving because she had we see that she has the hand. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, we haven't even thought about the hand for a while. But like at this point, we're like, hang on, she's got the hand. And she brings it out and she's crying and then she lights a candle brings the hand out and she says mom please mom talk to me holds the hand we see this out of focus shot looks like could be her mom and we hear her mom's voice say i'm here and <laughs> good work Sammy. <laughs> is that okay? yes and something i want to point out is that in this point the sound design and kind of whenever the spirits are around the sound design is really watery it like sounds like mm. drips or underwater kind of mm. uh white noisy but like as if you're deep on un- deep underwater and she's talking to her mom and she says, do, asks her if she killed herself. Mom says, no, I would never do that. I would never want to leave you. And she's crying. And then the mom says, Riley needs your help. They're hurting him. And we cut away and we go back to Riley at the hospital and they're giving him a little bath and like a in a shower thing, like doing the little cloth, wiping him down. Mm. He's completely 
uh, un- unresponsive. I just want you guys to be prepared for this because this is like... <laughs> This is one of those moments where, again, it's weird watching this in a cinema because you almost feel dirty for watching scenes like this together with all these people to be like, I paid money and I, you know, <laughs> I, sick I, took time, like, I made plans. to spend my time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I drove here, I parked, I bought some snacks. I'm eating snacks right now watching this. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're like quite tenderly giving him a bath. He is comatose like he he can like maybe he can open his eyes but you kind of can't tell his face is just that puffy and gashed we notice there are like bite marks all along his arm and he suddenly comes to and i think the first thing he tries to do i think the first thing he tries to do is bite his arm is that right mm-hmm. he sort of bites his arm and it's just, jade, jade, it's just jade with him yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, because the mum and her and Jade are watching him, but then the mum gets a phone call and she's like, oh, great, it's your father. But, like, as in, like, annoyingly, like, oh, like, of course he's calling now, and then leaves. That's the only mention we ever have of uh, Jade and Riley's dad, mm. uh, FYI. Um, and so, yeah, so so she recoils, and then I think he falls to the ground and once again starts banging the back of his head oh. into the tiles of this hospital bathroom so hard that tiles shake loose and he's like essentially just hitting the back of his head uh, into the into this wall with cement which causes obviously his head to start bleeding again the water starts coming the the water and blood from the shower start mixing together and start like dripping and start like pooling under his head towards the drain and then his face on the side smashed and like smashed and completely like fucked has come to he starts smiling and starts like licking up all of his blood like like a cat or a dog like on the ground just trying to like lick up food that's just sort of spilt on the ground all the while jade is screaming eventually orderlies come in and restrain him and he's still trying to lick up these like little last skerricks of blood on the ground pretty rough stuff and then we see all the original crew meet up again i don't know if i think they're at at jade's and everyone is looking you know incredibly stressed mia asks how riley's doing jade tells him well every time he comes to he tries to kill himself so not good we're all mad at each other tensions are high but mia lets mainly mad at mia though like people are mainly mad at mad at mia yeah yeah, which fair enough. I mean, I feel like I was I'm so pretty, like, I'm pretty I was mad so at her too. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? Even at the end, I was like, "Fuck Maya!" Like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, I mean, you, I like I feel empathy for her, but I'm also so mad. It's both. Like, I I understand yeah. that she <laughs> is going through a really difficult time, but she did make a huge fucking mistake, and it ended really badly so uh she but she needs to i think she's maybe called them all together to let them know she's still seeing the spirits she's seen her mom she saw that woman and she says i saw the woman uh he was sucking um daniel's toe this lets jade know that daniel spent the night at mia's she's pissed now at daniel and just tensions are running high in this group everyone's you know angry and they're asking she's asking more about the hand she's like okay well why am i still seeing things i know i went over the 90 seconds like what does this mean and joss and Haley reveal that they got the hand from ducket from the opening scene nice and the reason why they got it from ducket is because ducket was like i don't need it because i, I see them now without the hand 
Yep. <laughs> and so we find out that Duckett's brother is still alive. He survived being stabbed. And so we are going to go talk to him now. What's his name? Cole? His name is Cole, yeah. But Duckett is not alive still. Duckett no, is Duckett, not alive. Duckett is dead. So, okay, so they, that happened to Duckett. They knew about it and they were like, well, we're not, we're not going to have an us. <laughs> yep. They have full disregard, which I mean, people's in high school friends do die of like mm. overdoses and things like, and I think that's the main metaphor drugs, here yeah. is, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yes, I mean, it's, mm. it's not smart of them, but that is what no. has happened. But they track down Cole and, he doesn't want to talk to them. He doesn't want anything to do with the hand. But Mia has a little moment with him where she says, I know I, I know what it's like to lose someone really close to you. We have had heard that their mom had died also in the opening scene. And obviously now his brother has died. So he kind of softens to mm-hmm. her a little bit. And they're like, please just give us anything like any information that could help us. And he tells them that the longer they're in you, the weaker they get. Which isn't, you know, super helpful, but it's something. But after that, Mia has this, you know, idea that they never actually blew out the candle. And she's like, well, maybe because we didn't blow blow out the candle, we never completed the ritual. So we just have to do the ritual again and properly blow out the candle and then he can be free. So they return to the hospital with the hand. And while they're there... Mia, you know, does the talk to me and she sees this little girl. Well, they try it with Riley first because they're like trying to get, they're trying to think like if Riley does it, but he's in a coma. They're trying to like end Riley's ritual. Yeah, Yeah. he can't talk. But they say, he can't say, so they're saying, talk to him. And obviously nothing's happening. And so then Mia's like, let me, let me do it and see maybe Riley's spirit is disconnected from his body or something. And maybe Mm -hmm. I can call Riley. So she says, Riley, talk to me. And instead, a little girl shows up. There's this sort of like silent little girl. And Mia's like, do you know what's happening with him? And she's like, I'll show you. And so she gives him, she gives Mia this vision the of what's happening says, to Riley. The little girl says, I let you in. Oh, that's right. That's what happens. Fuck yes. It's so cool. Anyway, so she gets, so, and then Mia has a vision of what's happening to Riley. Like, I just, I literally wrote in my recap, then we see the vision all in capital letters. It's event horizon shit. It's event horizon. It probably could have been done better. Actually, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, like, I wish this was even more horrific because it's like a little bit cheesy. But basically, there's like a screaming naked Riley uh, like basically screaming in pain with all these like old gross naked people around him, hands like kind of pulling at him, like I, I guess like slowly torturing him. But but it's like it's it's Event Horizon where we only see like a second or two seconds of it. There very is a quickly. little shot of a woman eating a baby. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> I think if you go frame by frame on that scene, you'll see more that may, might you know quench your thirst for this. <laughs> like event, uh, yeah, event horizon shit is horrific enough. That's like that's good if you got to yeah. go. If you got to go somewhere, yeah, we get the we get the picture. There, it's bad. Whatever is happening on yeah. the other side is bad. So the stakes are sky high. Mia returns home where her dad is waiting for her. Um, He's like, hey, I want you to sit down. I've got something to say to you because I realized after you said that that I have been hiding something from you. And so he proceeds to read the mum's suicide note. 
And so he reads it to her and he's like, the only reason I never shared this with you is because I didn't want you to blame yourself. But yeah, I, I don't want you to think I'm hiding anything Which, from you. Which, yeah, this that is... line, uh, I have questions. We can talk about oh, it. Yeah. This I is do not think though, any parenting awards, this fucking idiot. I do think like, though, and like, again, it's like, it, it, it's, it's a really, it, it's 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 a very accurately written suicide note. Like I, the I think suicide note is it, devastating. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's. She says it's like the most. She says, "Dear me and Max, you know, it's this morning, and I feel the most hopeful I've felt in a long time. I hope you both live uh, long, full, beautiful lives. I hope that you find it in your hearts to forgive me." I hope that it's just like it's it's really beautiful and really heartbreaking and absolutely devastating. But, but Mia course, doesn't believe Mi- it. Yeah. Mia doesn't because Mia's been told by, you know, Ghost Rhea that she would never kill herself and she'd never abandon Mia. So she she goes into her room and she's talking to her ghost mom. And her ghost mom is like, uh I again, she's like that what that's not my note. I didn't write that. I would never leave you guys. I would never kill myself. And she's like, well, why did my dad have it? And the ghost mom is like, that's not your dad. That spirit's impersonating your dad. At which point there's a banging on the door. Now, this is where the movie gets inch, like really interesting and, you know, not exactly like, you know, explicit in what's happening where we have the dad who is sitting down on the couch sort of just dealing with the fact that he's revealed something to his daughter who won't mm. accept it um, and then decides to maybe look through a bag to be like, what's going on in your life because I don't know. But at the same time, there's a dad banging on the door. And these two things, the film is telling us these two things are happening simultaneously. The dad mm. comes into the room, attacks Mia, has her on the ground, Mia grabs a pair of scissors. At this point, the dad realizes, the real dad realizes something's going on, goes to the door, it's locked, barges his way in. These two timelines or these two ha- these two realities converge no, no. into Mia stabbing Killing her dad, dad. Uh, in the neck. Yeah, yep. This is the harvest we're yielding from the seeds we planted with the toe sucking, I, I presume. <laughs> That's it's, right. it's also Oculus. It's the evil mirror mm, making you see yep. things to make you do things. And, yeah, so she stabs her dad in the neck with the scissors, and he's. we just cut away from that. And Jade gets a call. She's in the hospital, and we see Mia on the other end of the line, kind of out of it, days saying, Jade, I know what to do. I know what to do. Also, her mom has been continuing to whisper in, in her ear or tell her, like, Riley's Riley's in, in trouble. They're hurting him. You need to save him. I'll protect him, but you need to you need to help him. And so Mia tells Jade, I know what to do. I just need you here. I need you here now. And Jade agrees and, and gets in her car to drive to uh, Mia's house and we see that Mia is already at the hospital in the parking lot watching Jade drive away. Now we're getting into the the, the finale, you know, like the, the, the end of Talk To Me. And it's really important that I don't know if she says it or Mia's, mom, Mia's ghost mom says it, but she's now convinced that the only way to save Riley is to kill him. And like, and we know that. Even though something that we have heard earlier, which now I don't know if we've said, but they, I think maybe we learned from Cole that 
Or no, I think we learned it even earlier. We, they we said did. if you do, if you die while they're in you, they'll have you forever. That's one of the other mythology things. So we're kind of having two <sighs> conflicting yeah. ideas here. But what's really interesting as well is that, you know, when Mia calls Jade, Jade's like, oh, you don't have to do anything. Like he mm. actually came to just before and there was a moment where he felt like like, like old uh, yeah, himself again. So, so Jade's like, no, it's actually just taking its course. But Riley is like, has her mum in her ear, and he's like, no, the only way we can do this is to kill him. So, yeah. So Jade is gone. Jade goes back home. Meanwhile, uh, Mia goes to the hospital room where Jade's mum is. Jade's mum now apologizes to Mia. <sighs> Worst time for her to apologize. To be like, hey, I know it wasn't you. I know it was just Riley. I'm so sorry. I blamed you. You're still part of the family. Mia uses this to be like, hey. Can I just have a moment alone with Riley? Jade's mu- uh, uh, Riley's mum's like, of course, leaves. Mia has an interaction with Riley where Riley becomes an old woman, I think. I think it's an old man. It's an old man. Which yep. I kind of take to be in the in the original possession where he said he likes you. I think this is him. Ah, uh, yes, it. of course. Mm. Um, Mia tries to stab him with the scissors but can't do it. So then we Sees cut to Jade. a little flashback of the kangaroo. The kangaroo. The kangaroo. Now I, I, I missed that on the first watch. Um, we, we cut to Jade who's gone to Mia's house, found Mia's dad. Mia's dad's still alive but sort of like bleeding still breathing out. but bleeding out. Uh, Jade's like, oh, fuck, calls the mum. The mum's like um, – what are you talking about? You know, Mia's with Riley right now. Jade's like, no, go back into the room. Mia's dangerous. Mum goes back into the room. He's gone and so is Mia. Jade arrives at the hospital, looks around and sees in the distance Mia pushing Riley in a wheelchair towards a highway. And Jade starts chasing her, screaming out, Mia, no, we're seeing that Mia in Mia's mind, looks like she's pushing the old man spirit towards the side of the freeway. And we see Mia's mom's hands coming around her shoulders. But her mom is looking more watery, waterlogged, kind of dripping on her. It doesn't look as much like her mom anymore. And she's whispering in her ear, I'm so proud of you. You're doing the right thing. And we see... As Jade is crossing the hill behind them, she's like right behind them now, screaming for them to stop. And Mia's face is kind of blank, like she's thinking. We, it's hard to read. We see her hands let go of the wheelchair. And then we see the POV from inside of a car as something slams onto the windshield, causing that car to spin out, get in an accident, reveal to see it's Mia in the middle of the road. Now, Mia kind of wakes up and stands up and sort of looks around and sees that Riley hasn't been pushed in and Jade is sort of like has, is holding Riley and all these people like getting out of their cars to be like, what the fuck happened? And then immediately she's transported back into the hospital where she sees her dad in the distance walking away. She chases after him. And as she's chasing after him, she looks into the rooms of the hospital and she sees, first of all, Riley has come to and is talking to his mom and like Jay. fully recovered too. Yeah. 
And then, like, and then she keeps chasing after the dad, and uh, and but the dad's not hearing uh, hearing her, and he keeps walking away. And then she sees in another room, like Riley being like let, let being like walking out of the hospital with the family, and they're all sort of happy again. And as she follows the dad, everything goes dark except this white light, and she hears "Talk to me." And she follows the white light into a room of this party of all these dudes speaking Spanish and a guy holding out his hand. And so she holds out his hand, she holds out her hand and grabs his. And that's the end of Talk to Me. Um, Wow. Okay, I have some questions for you, Shag. Do you think she jumped or do you think Jade pushed her? Oh, 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 that's really good. Because um, <laughs> it specifically doesn't show us, which I love. I think it's kind of because it could it, I could see an argument for for either. Mm. So so the only reason she would have jumped is if she, she realized would have worked out that she's that, being like, manipulated. Yeah, and and I think maybe there's a moment where you re- where she realizes she she's being manipulated, where she's standing with Riley in the wheelchair, and the mum's being like, "I'm proud of you," and she's a bit like, "Hang on, wait a minute," and then thinks back to, and is probably thinking back to the dad and being like, "Hang on, what's going on here?" I, I'm I, like I my my like my thought was no, she just jumped. My thought was like, and also that maybe she had to jump to save Riley. Yeah, I think was why I think she jumped. I don't know. Do you think she jumped or do you think she was pushed? I, I think Jade pushed her, but I I think it's maybe like a litmus test for us because I feel like <laughs> <laughs> that is maybe the more cynical read of it. And just because that would be a more devastating thing of that, because we do get a shot of her letting go of the wheelchair, which could be her deciding not to push her or it could be her chickening out again like she did with the kangaroo and Mm. never being able to like follow through with it and in that moment jade pushing her i think is the more devastating option because either way we saw her decide probably not to push riley and so if then jade pushes her it's just i think a more devastating and you know i love feeling bad so that's what i choose to (laughs) believe but but that's the thing right like i i feel like I, uh, the one thing about this movie is like, and I love this movie and I think it's one of the most refreshing horror films I've seen in ages. I think it's one of my favorite films of the year. I feel like the ending isn't dark enough. I'm a bit like, oh, mm. she's in a limbo where she's going to do the talk to me. I like, and that's why I kind of feel like she jumped because it's just not a very dark, like the rest of the film is really like quite icky. And then that's just not a very dark ending. Yeah. And then my other mm. question for you is, do you think the real mom was ever actually there or do you think it was malevolent spirits the whole time? I think the real mom was never there because the first thing she says when she's like, mom, like, cause when she speaks to the mom the first time through Riley, she's like, uh, mom, like, I think she is, is like, mom, did you kill yourself? And the mom's like, I would never kill myself. And it's like, we that's, know, like, that's. But that's not in the, at the Riley part. That's mm. later when she's alone in her room. You're right. So could, You're right. At, the first thing she says is just, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I never meant to hurt you, which I think could go either way. So I think the moment where Mia touches their hands as they're all 
holding hands, I feel like that could be the moment where it opens the connection to the malevolent, malevolent spirit within Mia, because then Riley, once she touches him, Riley kind of throws his head back and starts choking or perhaps feeling like he's drowning. Uh, And I think that's maybe the moment where that spirit takes over. But that said, I think because it's clear that those two malevolent spirits are kind of in cahoots, this like man in Riley and woman in Mia, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to interpret it, I'm sure. But mm. but I think either way, they could have been conversing in the little limbo hell world. <laughs> I mean, I mean we exchanging yeah, information. Page, what do you think? Like, you haven't seen the film, but you've heard a pretty exhaustive recap. <laughs> well, um, Mia, her first time doing it went beyond the 90 seconds, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's important. So, yeah. So perhaps that and it was that that mean Laney. And so perhaps, yeah, it it could have been actually her mom with Riley. But then as soon as, yeah, like you said, Sammy, as soon as Mia got involved. Yeah. Actually, from the first time Mia did it, she had a malevolent spirit within her the whole time. And so maybe then she let that spirit into Riley. Yeah, that's what I am thinking. But then also because Riley also went over the 90 seconds. Maybe that opened the door to this old man. Is this old man real or is this this old man just the woman in another form? Because we know that they can take other forms. Yeah. I don't know. There's different. It's, it's ambiguous for mm. sure. And I like that it's ambiguous because as we know, when they answer every question, it's usually less satisfying to have it be like, and here's exactly what happened. I feel like the, the non-grim ending like suggests multiple possibilities for me. Like, like if it's like, oh, hey, we're in South America doing it now. It's like, oh, there's thousands of hands around the world thousands of teens at parties like this this is happening everywhere that actually suggests to me that like unhappy spirits have a like would be like oh sick i've been called into a body oh someone thinks i'm their mum. yeah yeah yeah, okay i know what to say to like hold on for my 90 seconds so so i sort of just speculate that it was a malevolent mm. spirit from the start but and what does what does joel say is joel in the other room <laughs> <to> yeah, <me? laughs> i'll ask him uh, i'll get because, back to you guys yeah. because mia is also a spirit i feel like that's proof that there are non-malevolent spirits yes. in the hand as well right. because we see her on the other side of it in yes. the end i think that it, the very uh, for me again to lean into the more devastating version of what's possible here is i think if it was her mom for real coming through and seeing her and trying to get a chance to talk to her. And like, that is what made all of this terrible shit happen. Is that like, because Mm. the mom was trying to talk to Mia, like they knew that it would get her to do it longer. And yeah, that, that, but like, I think the, it was like a similar mistake Mia made, like the mom being like, I just need to get this message to my daughter. And Mia being like, I just need to talk to my mom. The like, Oh, to put it very cruelly, the like selfishness mm. of that and like mm-hmm. letting other people become the collateral. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was the, like the problem to begin with. <laughs> and, and look, I also don't want to demystify uh, like an amazing film, but Sammy, like a question for you. If someone like Mia can be a spirit by the end of the film, mm. why is it that when spirits do possess you, they make you try to kill yourself in awful ways. I don't. I don't think all of them did. I mean, they, there was a quite a few times where they were just having fun, singing. But in that's French. only. But that's only within the ninety seconds. Yes. So yes. as soon as you go over ninety seconds, the spirits try to kill you. Like I think we Maybe. only really have. 
I yeah, think maybe that because that's too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, but <laughs> maybe, maybe the because ninety that, seconds is when the evil ones are like they're like waiting around, <laughs> to or just like it's not actually true that it's the ninety second rule. It's just that if the spirit is evil. The more time you give them, the more likely they're going to see. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like maybe if you spent 90 seconds with an actual normal, nice spirit, it's fine. We just know that like the longer time you spend, if it is something evil, you're upping the odds for something bad to happen. It's like the food five second rule. Like if food falls on the ground, <laughs> you've got five exactly. seconds to pick it up and eat it. Yeah, we decide what the rule is, but the problem is, you know. You know what? Thinking about this that. now, I'm kind of like... I really want them to stick the landing with a prequel, but I'm worried that it's going to give too much away about what the hand is. Too explanation-y, yeah. The prequel is apparently about Duckett, and I think it might end up being... I think they said they shot it mostly on, like, iPhones and stuff, so maybe it'll just be a short or something. I don't know, but... It could be almost host version of, like, we'd be piecing together various Snapchats yeah. and piecing together some of the teens' footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think would be pretty interesting. I think it's it's a challenging story to tell as a prequel or sequel because it pretty much, like, we just saw it. Like, like, right. I think it's tough How to, do you make tough it different? to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, par- Paranormal Activity 3 is the one that springs to mind of, like, how do you take what looks like a fairly straightforward formula – and like take it to final boss level. Like I think there'd have to be yeah. a, a really significant um, bit of creative work to sort of be like, oh yeah, it's a ghost hand. It's pretty freaky. Um, yeah. It, like you've got to dress like like it'll be challenging to to do that twice. I think. I don't know if I'm just being yeah. a cynic, having heard about a very scary, spooky, bad feeling kind of film. But uh, that's where my thoughts. Yeah. No, up. I think you're right. I think it'll need Oof. to do some something pretty interesting in order to feel different from this one. Well, I feel very bad. How's everyone feeling? Yeah, bad, baby. Kind of bad, but um but I do get excited at a great horror film being made. Like I like there I'm I would hate seeing it and it 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 does mm. feels bad, but I had pretty high expectations for this movie, so I I'm really thrilled to hear that it was like good and exciting and new and like that's a, I like am very thrilled by that. Yeah, it's rare these days, you know, that hype is justified, and it really is. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think one thing I would love to say because I really don't want to ruin your friend's kid's name. Like they are named after a city <laughs> that is home to arguably the most exciting horror film of 2023. Like there's not there much there, so which is a pretty cool thing to be named after. That's yep. pretty cool. I agree. Adelaide forever. Adelaide forever. Adelaide forever. Um, Sammy and Em, thanks so much for having us on on Two Spooko Didn't Watch. It's always a Dude, treat. Thank you for doing this with us. And we needed we needed that Australian perspective. What slippy dip? What is it? Slippery dip. Slippery dip. Slippery dip. Baby Burberry. Biggest Burberry. Biggest Burberry baby shower. Ball of Adelaide. Ball of Adelaide. Can you guys do American accents? God no. Yes, but I. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. It's, it comes out very like Midwest, <laughs> but like it ends up being impressions of various rappers. So I find it a little yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, that's, that, that sounds right. Literally, yeah. the yeah. only thing we do is like, I'm talking here, I'm walking here. Oh, yeah. oh, you're very nice. cliche <laughs> sopranos, grab your yeah, crotch yeah, yeah. and explain what you're doing here and with a lot of hands going on. Um, but I would yeah, say yeah, as yeah. well, like, and this is like no shade, like your Australian accents yep. are like, they're, they're both 
at point in, in some of the words you say is authentic and the other sometimes you sort <laughs> of do up. this American version of an Australian accent that doesn't uh-huh. really oh, exist for sure. here. Yep. Like yeah. it's it's kind of I don't even know. Like to me the Australian accent just sounds neutral, but I get that it's yep. incredibly weird and strong. Well, I'm always struck by how provincial the American accent is of of like especially within California, how there are like seven Californian accents. And it's like, do you guys call it ice yeah. cream? We call it ice cream down in you yeah, know like, southwestern. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. And southern and midwestern and yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of them. Accents are crazy. Sorry, dudes, we shouldn't have we, yeah, we didn't have... even touch on the fact that Adelaide has an accent, but yeah, go. Yeah. Oh boy. I love accents. No, I could I could talk about it all day. Um, but no, this was a real a real treat to do this with you guys. We love you, dudes. Um, everyone head to Patreon to find Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like listening to good podcasts you like, I'm afraid you need to support them. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> what you've got to do is you've got to head to Patreon. Um, Too Scary Didn't Watch is a blessing uh, in the ears of those of us lucky enough to listen to and patronize it. Uh, and you got to go do it. So that's what you got to go do now. Um, and if you're in the Feel Bad Club and you're not listening to Too Scary didn't watch you're fucking goofed um and so you've got to go and subscribe but Always i would say you probably are because guys like the amount of times people just come to us and they're like hey like we, we know you from too sp- you're from too scary didn't watch so it's like uh yeah feel bad club i think is your club as well yeah, yeah, if you're listening to Too Scared and Watch and you're not listening to Suko, you're freaking missing out on a whole other 200 episodes of mm. incredible scary movie and better accents than ours. So Sorry. I, I really didn't mean that. I didn't mean like I, <laughs> no, 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 I feel that way. I feel that way. That is true. I, it's, more, it's much better. Hey, I agree. In here. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I think that's a casting, but anyway. Thanks, team. We'll get out of your face. To more podcasts. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating, a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if one episode a week just is not enough for you, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast to become a patron and receive all sorts of extra goodies from us, including bonus episodes, trailers, reactions and more and no matter what we will see you right here next week for another episode we love you so much bye that was a headgum podcast